away and our church is in good hands. So I got three weeks worth in here, but I won't unload it all on you today. I'll try to be merciful. I want to talk to you about something. Now, this is not going to be comfortable. This won't be a comfortable message, and you, you definitely won't shout about this message, but that's all right. Sometimes we need, to, we, we need a, a heavy word, and we need to be ready to receive that word so that it can bring change to our lives. Because the title of my message today is this, Have You Been Poisoned? Have You Been Poisoned? I want to read the words of Jesus from Matthew 24. Now that entire chapter, he's telling us these kinds, what, what's going to happen as the end of all things draws near, as his second coming, as his return to the earth, uh, after his ascension, his second coming, as, as that gets closer, as the end of the age gets closer, I'm just going to read a couple of the verses. I'm not going to read all of that because that's not my, uh, the direction for today's message. But in verses 9 and 10, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. I hope we understand this is happening in places around the world right now. It is happening. Let us never think, because, oh, that'll never happen in America. We don't even know that, my friends. We don't even know that. We don't even know that. This cancel culture craze, <laughs> that's what it is, a crazy thing. That if you speak up for anything conservative, and even if that conservatism is your faith, you're being canceled. God, God, we don't know. Only God knows. But it is happening in other nations. Christians hate it. I just told you what's happening in India. How horrible that is because India was in great revival for 20 or 30 years. And now that seems like the devil is trying to turn that around and reverse that in the nation of India and many of the other nations of the earth. And so then Jesus says, and then shall many in this season of the end, <clears throat> shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Wow. Jesus says one of the signs of the end that, he, that the end of the ages is near, is that many people that you never ever thought or would ever believe would get offended about something are going to get offended. Relationships will be broken, betrayals. They'll even hatred will grip their hearts. It's an interesting phrase that the NIV uses here in verse 10, in the NIV in verse 10 says this, At that time, the time of the end, many will turn away from the faith. Now the King James, that was just one word, offended. In the NIV, it's the phrase, turn away from the faith. And will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Folks, I don't know if I'm the only one, and I don't believe I am, that is, in, that, that is encountering so many of God's people who have become offended. Well, I don't agree with that. I don't think you should be, I don't think you should be, you should be wearing masks. I don't think you should, I don't think, everybody should be vaccinated. No, I don't think, so many of God's people have become so offended 
And I want to tell you, offense is a poison. A dangerous poison to your life. You see, your flesh, your flesh will always tell you something like this. They wronged you. Hold it against them. Make them regret it. That's the voice of offense. We've all heard that voice. You don't have to say amen. I know you have. We all have. They wronged you. Hold it against them. Make them regret it. Make sure they know it and make them suffer for it. Now, don't ever forget to sow according to your flesh is to reap what? Destruction. Destruction. You have every right to be offended. Make sure they know that. Make sure that your offense makes them suffer. Let me tell you something about offense. Nobody suffers from your offense but you. You see, God's Word also tells us that where there is strife, and certainly offense is strife. Unforgiveness, bitterness, that's strife. Where there is strife, where there is offense, there is every other evil. Every other evil. Offense is a poison that slowly kills. The end of the poison of offense is a turning away from the faith. See, that's what makes offense so dangerous. When I saw that, King James says offended, NIV says turn away from the faith. My friend, that's the end of an, of an offense if you do not release that, if you do not forgive and receive forgiveness, the end of the work of offense, the end of the poison of offense is a turning away, will turn you away from your very faith in God. Man, it's dangerous. After 30 years of ministry, and certainly over these last two years, I've seen it more and more and more. People leaving the church, leaving fellowship, offended, they don't dare admit it because they think by not admitting it, it will just go away. The funny thing about offense is it doesn't just go away. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger in your life if you don't bring it to the cross and get it under the blood of Jesus. People think that so long as I don't tell anybody I'm offended, I'll just deal with it. It'll go away. See, offense lodges itself here in your spirit, in your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, out of the, uh, out of the heart, out of the heart, Proverbs says, flows everything about your life. Out of here. What happens in here is, determines what happens out here. An offense starts with, I'm going to show you this, a root of bitterness. Hebrews 12, verse 14 and 15 Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. Look at this. And defile many. Wow. Your offense poisons 
others. Other people. Your bitterness is not just yours. Your offense is not just yours. Your unforgiveness is not just yours. It grows up. It causes trouble. It defiles. The scripture says many. You know what the word defile? That's not a word we use every day. So I want to give you the definition of the word defile as used in scripture. It means this, to make foul, dirty, or unclean. If you're offended, your offense makes others dirty and makes them feel unclean and foul, stink, if you will. It means this also, to make impure for ceremonial use, to desecrate. Now, part of our ceremonial use is our worship, our praise, our giving, our tithing, our serving. That's part of our, that's in, that, that, that we have ceremonies where we express those things in worship, in gatherings, in corporate meetings, Bible study groups, prayer groups, etc. To, to be defiled means you become impure and you, you become desecrated instead of consecrated in the presence of God. Makes you unclean. So you see, offense is not just about you, it defiles others. It makes others dirty and violated. You will never be able to keep an offense all to yourself. You'll never hide your unforgiveness from everyone else. It will always come out. And it will defile many. Because your offense will offend others. Your hurt hurts others. And your bitterness embitters others. It spreads like a virus. And infects others. But... So too does forgiveness spread like a virus and infect others. So the question's not for anyone. It's never been, are we contagious? You and I are contagious. You are contagious, my friend. The question's never been, are we contagious? Are you contagious? The question's been, what are people catching from you? What are they getting from you, from being around you, from being in your presence? If you cough on them, what do they get? No, I'm just, I'm just saying we are all contagious. I don't want anybody to catch bitterness from me, offense from me, unforgiveness from me. I don't want to hold an offense because it poisons and defiles and makes unclean many others. That's why the writer of Hebrews, the warning is clear. Don't fall short of the grace of God. It's the work of God's grace. It keeps me from being offended or receiving the offense because everybody will be offered offense by the devil more than once in your Christian life. Don't take the bait. It's a poison. Don't fall for it by falling short of the grace of God. Receive the measure of grace that God has for you so that no bitter root will grow up in you and cause trouble And defile many. You know what? As a believer, you'd be much better off dying from cancer than dying with an offense in your heart that was never resolved. Did you hear what I said? Because you see, cancer will not keep you out of heaven. But unforgiveness will 
keep you out of heaven. Now stay with me. Now I know you're not going to shout about this, but I want you to get it. You're going to need this in your own life and to help others. Trust me. Because I'm not the only one. You know, you've seen a rise in people being offended like never before. God's people, Christian people, church folk, if you will. Ephesians 4, verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitudes of your minds, be made new, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Let me tell you something. To be left alone with your own thoughts is most dangerous if you are not walking in renewal of your mind every day by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not and you're left alone with your own thoughts, your own thoughts will tell you, you're offended. He offended you. The church, of they offended you. And if you take the bait, if you take that poison, it could lead you to turn away from your faith. Now those were the words of Jesus. As, as, as one of many signs of the end of the age. And there are many more than ever before in these last few years and continuing to see more. Offense will end if you don't deal with it with a turning away from your faith. It's a dangerous poison. Walk in the renewal of your mind every day. Be, ask God for the measure of grace every single day. That I have every opportunity to be offended, but I will not. I choose not to be offended. People have never changed. People will always let you down. My friend, I will let you down. If you have your heart and your eyes fixed on me, I, you might already be offended. Maybe you're here, but maybe you're offended at me. I don't know. But if you fix your heart on me, you're going to get offended. I'm going to let you down, and that's going to offend you. Don't fix your heart or your eyes or your expectations on me or any preacher, pastor, prophet, event, any person. Because people always fail one another. Therefore, as God's chosen people, Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, look at this, with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Hmm. Did you know you forgiving has everything to do with you being forgiven by God? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Don't forgive and the Lord won't forgive you. Forgive. Walk in gentleness. Bear with each other. Man, I've been doing more of that than I would ever like to admit in these last few years. Bearing with hard-headed people. Well, anyway, just bearing with, bearing with one another. Let him who is without sin, right, cast the first stone at somebody else. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance 
Oh my goodness, folks, we have grievance. I've had grievances with people. I have, you have to forgive. You have to release that. Forgive them even as the Lord forgave. How dare anybody receive God's forgiveness and refuse to for- forgive someone else? How dare that happen? Oh God, you, you know, you, you're going to be in trouble with God. There is no stronger poison than the poison of offense, which comes from the root of bitterness. Let me just say, I believe the number one cause of offense today, the number one cause is this, misplaced expectations. Misplaced expectations. If you haven't already figured this out, let me just make it real clear to you right now. The only person who will never let you down. The only one who will always be on your side. The only one who will never fail you. The only one who will never reject you. The only one who will never misunderstand you is Jesus. Let's just establish that right now. Jesus is the only one. Put all of your expectations upon Him and leave them there. And that's why God exhorts us in Hebrews 12. I'm just going to read the first part of the chapter, verse 1, and the first part of verse 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Throw off that hindering offense and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Folks, in this pandemic age that seems to have no end, it may not end until Jesus comes. It is a biblical plague. Only God can decide if it's going to end or not. He has all power. Get your eyes off of government. Get your eyes off of vaccines and mandates and masks. Get your eyes off of school boards. Get your eyes off of judges. Get your eyes off friends. Get your eyes off family members. Get your eyes off your employer. Get your eyes off pastors too. And fix them upon Jesus because until you do, you will live your life going from one offense to another because of misplaced expectations. When everyone else fails you, Jesus will never fail. When everyone else disappoints you, Jesus will never disappoint you. When everyone else lets you down, Jesus will stand with you to the end. When everyone else misunderstands you, Jesus knows the way that you take. Here's the thing about offended Christians. Offended Christians will even blame God. Again, that's the poison. It's trying to cause you to fall away, turn away, walk away from your faith. Offended Christians will even blame God. Now let me just say, if you're, not, if you're not loving God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, then in your own eyes, 
God has failed you. I'm not the only one that knows people like that. They claim to love the Lord, but in their heart they believe God has failed them. God has let them down. You see, when you're offended, again, where there's offense, which is strife, every other evil, that these kind of quote-unquote Christians would even blame God, claim that God failed them. I know some who claim to be Christians and they just go from one offense to another offense, believing even that God has let them down. King David cried out, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your hope and your trust and your confidence in God. Fix your mind and your hope in Him. And when you do, you will find that He cannot fail. He never fails. And when you walk like this, the failures of others will not offend you. Hello? They will not offend you. All flesh is frail. I said, all flesh is frail, to say the least, and will ultimately fail you if you have your hope in flesh. My friend, you cannot live your life as a believer with misplaced expectations and then wonder why you're offended. Don't put your hope in me. Don't put your hope in this church. Don't put your hope in pastors. Put your hope and your expectation in the Lord and leave it there. The old hymn says, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground, churches, pastors, friendships, even marriages, uh, unfortunately, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ, the solid rock, I put my hope, my trust, my confidence. I fix my eyes on Jesus. And when you do, the failures of others will never offend you. They will never offend you. Because you see, you've, you, until you receive only what God gives, will anything you ever receive from anybody else be enough? Now, i got to say that again. Only when you're receiving what God alone can give you first will anything I ever give you or anyone else ever give you ever be enough. If you're not at peace with God, you'll never be at peace with anyone else. Most people today, even a lot of people in churches across America, they're not living their lives, truly living their lives to give. They're truly living their lives to get. To get. When you live to give, what you receive will satisfy you. When you live to get, nothing you ever receive will ever satisfy you. That's why Jesus says it's better to Give than to receive. We have a getting generation in this nation and around the world today. Living their lives to get. What can I get? What's in it for me? What's free? <laughs> Even our government is caught up in, well, we've got to give everything away. Let's give it all away for free. Nothing is free, my friend. 
Somebody's paid for that or is going to. (laughs) If you are one of those who live to get, at some point you will get offended. (laughs) That's something you'll get. Because all of the getting under heaven will never be enough for you. If you expect what others to give you to please you without getting only from God what He can give you first, again, you will, move, you will live your life moving from one offense to another and you'll never be free from a root of bitterness. Your own well will be poisoned. Spring up, O well. Proverbs makes that clear. Out of the well of our own heart is supposed to flow life, blessing, healing, peace, joy. But if that well is poison, then you are poisoning yourself. Drinking from a poisoned well if you're offended. I want to draw our attention to some verses in Romans chapter 12. And I want to, I want to make this our, our Christmas season challenge for 2021 and beyond. Romans chapter 12 starting in verse 9. I believe if you will begin to fix your life upon these verses, you can offense-proof your life. Who wants to be offense-proof? I do. You can offense-proof your life. Romans 12, starting at verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hmm. Now, I could pause on every one of these and do a whole sermon. Hate what is evil. My friend, offense is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Man, this is certainly the time that we do that. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them and do not curse. Again, offended people pray, quote unquote, curses on others. Lord, you know what they did to me. Get them. You know how they hurt me. You know how they... I hope it comes back on their own head. God forgive you and deliver you. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. (laughs) Do not repay anyone Evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, dear friends. But leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Nobody's getting away with anything. My friend, you... It's a much scarier thing for somebody to fall under the wrath of God than to fall under my wrath because I'm offended. Because if they don't deal with it, God will deal with them. On the contrary, 
If your enemy is hungry, your enemy, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. You ever heard the phrase, kill him with kindness? There you go. Kill him with kindness. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know what? If you, if you make this your daily goal, your daily focus, you won't have time to be offended. To think about being offended, you won't have time for it. You're focused on loving people, hating what's evil, sharing with God's people in need, rejoicing with those who are... You're, you're walking in love and forgiveness with one another, with that, making peace where you, need, where you can, practicing hospitality, giving, blessing, <clears throat> exhorting your neighbor. Even if they're persecuting you, you're loving them. You're doing good to them. You'll have no room in your life for offense if you start walking these principles out every single day. Well, we need a King James moment. Je Jesus is speaking to us here. Mark eleven twenty-five. 25. I want you to understand how dangerous offense is. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, <clears throat> you're offended. That your Father, also which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses, your sins. Verse 26. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses, your sins. How much clearer can that be? That's why I would say you're better off to die with cancer. Cancer will never keep the child of God out of heaven. But if you die with an offense, and you know what fuels offense? Unforgiveness is the fuel that makes offense grow stronger in your life. If you die with offense, with unforgiveness, you cannot be forgiven. The Father will not forgive you. Those are the words of Jesus. Jesus also says in Luke 6, 37, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now, you could say it this way, and it'd still be true. Forgive not, and you will not be forgiven. My friend, the anti-venom against the venom of offense is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgive. And you'll be forgiven. Release it. Let it go. You are the one. It's poisoning. Not poisoning the other person. It's poisoning you. But yes, it affects everyone. My friend, you're not going to be offended in here and it not affect what's happening out here in your life and what you say to others, and how you interact with others, and other relationships that you have. We just read that. Your offense will defile many others and cause trouble. You know what? I wanted to read Luke 6, 37 and 38. In, 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 uh, really, I wanted to read 38 in context, which means I had to include 37. Because we always pull Luke 6:38 out. We quote it. We quote it alone. We let it stand alone. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. 
will be poured into your lap for with the measure you used it will be measured to you. But you know what he's talking about? Forgiveness. Judging others. Not judging others. So when you understand what he's saying about don't put condemnation on others, don't judge others, forgive others, then you read verse 38, give that, give that forgiveness away without measure. And look what's going to be poured back into your life. Good measure, pressed down, running together. With the same measure you forgive, it'll be measured back to you. With the same measure that you release somebody uh, who offended you, will it be measured back to you by God himself. So that verse, Luke 6, 38, is talking about not the giving of money it's talking about the giving of forgiveness and when you give forgiveness away freely and without measure pressed down running together shaken together running over a deluge you talk about a rain of God upon you he will rain down upon you without measure his forgiveness his acceptance his love well, Pastor, you just don't, you don't understand how everyone in my life just fails me all the time. Really, let's compare notes. <laughs> I called and they didn't answer. Jeremiah 33 3 says, call unto me and I will answer you. And tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Now, maybe you're calling the wrong person. I texted and they ignored me. I sent an email and they didn't reply. My friend, people will always fail you. But let me say it again, Jesus never fails. I chose a long time ago. I will not fear what men can do to me. Because if God is for me, who can even be against me? I will not fear when man fails me. I will not fear when man disagrees with me. I will not fear when man doesn't believe me. I will not fear when man throws stones. Man doesn't want to walk with me anymore because I have learned that that's what man does. That's what we all do. We all fail each other. But if God is for you, He will never fail you. Hallelujah. He will never fail you. <coughs> So if you want to hate on me, hate on me all you want. I'm going to keep loving you. I've chosen to keep loving you. Life is far too short. Shorter than ever before. Getting shorter every day. And I'm not about to risk my eternal soul by hating on somebody. I'm not, I'm not doing what I'm doing for over 30 years now. To please men, but to please God. Let me just say, let me just say, if you are living your life in such a way that pleases God, you will please those who matter. i got to say that again. If you are truly living your life to please the Lord, I just told you how we do that when we had those verses from Romans 12. If you are truly living your life to please the Lord, you will please those who matter in your life. And if they don't matter and you didn't please them, don't worry about it. it didn't, they don't matter. There are fewer people in your life that matter than you realize. Now, don't start shouting now. The people who truly matter in our lives are not the many. They're few that truly matter. Folks, I believe it is time for the body of Christ across America to grow up. 
It is time for maturity. Why is spiritual maturity such an unreasonable expectation for Christians today? Hmm. It's time for selfless Christians, selfless Christians, to stand up and run on out ahead of all of the selfie Christians. Let's say that again. It's time for the selfless believer to run out in front of the selfie believer. And there are many, unfortunately. It's time for selfless churches to stand up and run on ahead of selfie churches. And unfortunately, there are many selfie churches in America today. John the Baptist declaration rings true, and I hear it in my spirit right here. He must increase, and I must decrease. And Jesus said of him, there was no, no, one, ever, no one ever lived greater than John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said about him. He, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. I have believed for a long, long time I continue to believe it that some of the most famous people in heaven were unknown in the earth. Unknown in the earth. Successful in the earth does not mean successful in heaven. Some of the people that you believe matter in your life don't matter at all. And some of the people that you believe do not matter in your life are the ones that truly matter. Folks, we are we we got to get we, uh, my. Uh, I've heard this phrase. I don't know. Maybe you have. It's time to stop. Uh, it's time to uh, ma stop majoring on the minors, minoring on the majors. It's time to put things in focus, fix our eyes on Jesus, on the solid rock I am planted. Let the winds and the waves blow. Let the pandemics and the strains and the mutations come and go. Jesus is with me. If he is for me, who can be against me? And the Apostle Paul would say in Ephesians 4, as we bring this to a close, get rid of all bitterness. Speaking to the church. Rage and anger. Brawling and slander in the church. Along with every form of malice. Get rid of it. Paul says, get rid of it. There's no place in the church for it. Be kind in Ephesians 4.32, and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Rather than comparing offenses, let's choose to forgive each other. Let's get rid of all bitterness and offense. Let's be kind and compassionate. Let's forgive each other just as in Christ, God forgave us. Because you don't ever want to die with an unresolved offense. Release it immediately, right here and now. Give forgiveness to them and your Father will give forgiveness to you. And the poison of offense will not end up stealing your faith and maybe even your life. Because your offense is not going to kill me, but it could kill you. Pluck up any root of bitterness before you leave this place today.
release offense, bring it to the cross, and lay it down there. I don't know, people, there are people that will have disease, pain, sickness, affliction in their body because of offense, because of bitterness, because of anger, because of unforgiveness. Don't be one of those people. Let's be selfless in this hour. Not selfie, selfless. Let's walk in the spirit and in the renewing of the spirit each and every day. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, understanding people will fail. We all fail one another. But when I'm looking at Jesus, when you fail, it does not offend me. It will not offend me. Can we stand together? Father, by the power of your spirit, who has moved so mightily in this service today, moving through freedom. Finish that work of freedom for someone that's sitting here with an offense, with a, a root of bitterness is what your word calls it. We release that today. I want it under the blood of Jesus. And if I have to go to somebody, I'll go to them as Jesus said. He can't receive my, you can't receive my worship, my praise, my offering, my service if I don't make that right. If I need to do that, I'm going to do that because I will not be poisoned by offense. There are too many people around us, oh God, so ready for hope and love and mercy and we've got to give it away freely. So Lord, Thank you that you're ready to pardon. Lord, make us ready to pardon just like you are. Make me ready to forgive just like you are. I don't ever want to even imagine I might stand before you and I did not release an offense. I won't hear you say, well done, because you can't forgive me because I didn't forgive someone else. Wash over us, Holy Spirit. Wash away every offense by the power of the blood of Jesus. And let us give freely the forgiveness we have received so that we might be forgiven and offense will never poison my life ever again. Thank you, Father. We pluck up every root of bitterness right now in the name of Jesus and in the power of your spirit. Thank you, Lord.